Proactive malware hunting. What is it, and why should organizations be considering it? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial at Information Security Media Group. I'm discussing this topic today with Marcin Kleczynski. He's the CEO at Malwarebytes. Marcin, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Tom. So, Marcin, I want to toss some questions at you and try to make this really an engaging conversation and not your typical interview. And I want to start with the notion of, okay, if breach is inevitable, then why should organizations even attempt to be proactive? Shouldn't they just focus on being reactive to this inevitability? Yeah, it's a great question. I think there's two sides of the coin there. Um, the first is just being reactive gives many opportunities for the attacker to steal data from your environment. If you are at least somewhat proactive, you can mitigate a lot of the damage that uh, that some of these low-hanging fruit threats can do to you. So if you're able to block 99% of threats, you're not remediating uh, the 99% of those threats that are coming in. And, and, you know, there's a good chance that one of those threats could lift some user credentials or some very important information from your network. If you're just remediating all of the time and being reactive, it's it's not a good story for your organization. Well, if I can follow up on that, Morrison, what would proactive be? Yeah, so proactive is either sitting on the network layer or on the on the endpoint and, and trying to actually identify positively threats that are doing something on the computers that are in your environment. So let's say there's a threat that, that a user you know downloaded accidentally from the Internet. If you have some kind of antivirus, anti-malware, or even a perimeter layer, there's a good chance that that threat might be blocked. And so discounting proactive blocking um, is definitely something an organization should not be doing. Being completely reactive is, I think, in my opinion, a mistake. Marcin, given the evolution and success of malware, especially over the past few years, is antivirus as we have defined it, as, as we traditionally know it, effectively dead? Yeah, this is a very controversial topic, especially now in uh, in the news. You know, people, companies coming out and saying antivirus is dead, even Symantec saying uh, antivirus is dead, and, and their their biggest product is an antivirus. I think the term itself, as you said, traditionally defined, is definitely dead. And, and it's a lot of these antivirus companies just not innovating for many years, actually. So there, there, there's been a need for advanced endpoint protection, which I think is kind of the next term of, of endpoint protection. This is a controversial topic for me because I actually don't think that antivirus is dead is the right thing to be talking about. I think it's really what kind of solution do you need on the endpoint, um, whether it's called next generation, whether it's called antivirus. I don't think a typical organization cares. In the end, I think an IT administrator looking to deploy something in their environment needs to look at efficacy and efficacy alone. Products solve our problems that we're having in the organization. If it's called antivirus, that's fine, whatever. If it's called next generation endpoint protection or anti-malware, that works as well. Let's not really define terms around it, but rather I have this product, it does its job for me, I don't have many breaches, I'm happy as, a, as an organization. Marcia, the question I have for you is about the, the news that we see. We're, we're constantly seeing hacks, we're thinking about Ashley Madison, OPM. Are we as security professionals being distracted by what you might call the headline hacks? and perhaps overlooking low-profile exploits that truly matter but aren't necessarily making the news? I think the media does a pretty good job of covering threats. Maybe they overblow certain types of threats, Internet of Things, uh, and so on. But I think they do a pretty good job. And the reason is, to gain the publicity, of course, the first thing we do is turn to the media and say, look, we found this threat. 
uh, or this hack or this breach, and we want you to write about it. Now, that's really the external view. The internal view is when a company like Target or Home Depot gets hacked, you know, the, the time to discovery of that hack for them traditionally has been several hundred days. Uh, in the case of, of a cer- certain of these companies, it's, it's 200 plus days before they actually discover an attack that's happening on their network and maybe could have already been stolen. So these companies are pretty, uh, have been historically pretty bad at um, warning the public that their information has been stolen. So there's kind of, again, two sides of the coin here. It's really who discovered the threat. Was it the organization itself that, that, ha- that was breached? Well, maybe they might be a little slow to uh, tell the media about, you know, what happened. And, and, of course, they don't want there with such a breach. But if it's a, a security company like us, after we responsibly disclosed it, you know, we try to gain, of course, publicity and awareness around, around that topic. That's the important part, awareness that your credit card was stolen. I want to bring you back to this topic of proactive malware hunting. If you take a look at that, the definition of it, who is actually doing the proactive hunting? And I guess not so much why are they doing it, but how are they doing it? What are the results of this this, this proactive hunt? Well, when I started the company several years ago, remediation was, was a huge problem for organizations, meaning they were not able to scan their environment to see if um, if there was malware on, on, the, on those computers, on those endpoints. And even today, when you read the Verizon Data Breach Report, the average dwell time on some of these uh, environments is 200 days. So 200 days ago, somebody was infected in my environment. A computer in my organization was, was infected. And, I, and 200 days later, I finally discovered it. Now, that dwell time is not very good, right? In 200 days as an attacker, I, I've pretty much done my job. So there's this concept of uh, proactive malware hunting, which is basically checking every computer in my environment as frequently as I can. Are you infected? And so with Malwarebytes, for example, we provide a malware hunting tool where you can go to every computer and within an hour tell if it's infected. We're really trying to bring that dwell time down, which is the problem for a lot of these organizations. Uh, If the attacker has more time, they're able to do more damage. And so IT administrators are turning from, and this is a question you asked earlier, from this proactive mode to this reactive mode. And I think there needs to be a balance. I think there needs to be a a balance in that you filter out as many threats as possible on the proactive side and then go after the threats that made it through on the reactive side. And so a lot of these IT administrators are, are trying to figure out what, what's that right balance for them. So, Marson, how do you measure the success of this? Have you been able to quantify with some of your customers that you can reduce that time to discovery? Yeah, there's a lot of metrics across the board that we actually look at. Uh, of course, customer satisfaction, how fixed your problem is, is a big one. With, uh, with a lot of the threats that we detect, it's really a positive identification. We have either A, seen this before, we've seen this behavior before, we've seen these uh, characteristics before. So we're able to positively identify. We never identify something and say, we think this is maybe malware. We really bring it front and center to them and say, this is malware. So customer happiness one other metric that's interesting, last year we actually cleaned up 250 million computers worldwide. Now, that's an impressive statistic because that's a lot of computers. That's also an unfortunate statistic that that's how many computers are getting infected uh, that we see each year. So we do track you know, our, our telemetry and our, our detection rates. We do some third-party testing as well. Um, we look at other companies and how they do uh, remediation and, and detection. A lot of them do... Uh, recording of the device and what's going on on, on that device. We, we actually try to identify positively uh, a piece of malware or, or a threat running on a computer. Yeah, a few minutes back, we talked about the whole notion of AV is dead and how you wanted to get people thinking more about endpoint protection. In what ways do you see organizations 
starting to respond to changing needs in endpoint malware detection? Are they falling for the the hype of AV is dead, or do you see a significant and thoughtful mind shift? It's a little bit of both. Um, I definitely see companies moving to a layered security approach, a defense in depth, so they understand that the days of trusting one antivirus provider, such as Symantec or McAfee, uh, those days are over. You know, I, I don't talk to any chief internet security officers today that say all we run in our environment is Symantec. They've got 40 to 50 different tools that are used for various purposes, and I think that's where um, I think that's where the direction of, of security is, is headed, and, and very rapidly. Um, the problem with this approach is a lot of these companies have gotten information uh, overload. So they, they do have 30 to 40 tools, but they may not be, uh, A, employing those tools correctly, meaning you know they haven't spent the time to actually set them up properly and configure them, which a lot of these um, product, security products need. They don't have the staff. There's a huge cybersecurity um, shortage. They don't have the staff to actually monitor a lot of these tools. I'll give you an example. FireEye is a is a great product for the perimeter. Unfortunately, there's a a need to a configure it correctly, and then b actually respond to the alerts. If you've misconfigured it, you're going to get 8,000 alerts a day. Who do you have on your staff that can actually read through all 8,000 reports? Nobody, and that's and that's the concern with uh, with not having the staff and and having just so many tools to actually have to configure. So I do think moving into layered security in that direction is the right one, but it needs to be done carefully and, and thought through, not just impulsive buying of tools and deploying them. Marcin, you bring up a good point here. We talk about the evolution of the security tools, but we don't talk nearly enough about the evolution of security staff. Uh, in your perspective, what are some of the skills that security professionals have to bring to the table today to be effective in endpoint malware detection? You know, it's 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 very difficult to gauge that. You you have somebody fresh out of college, and a lot of these colleges, universities, unfortunately, don't have any cybersecurity programs. You know, when I went to University of Illinois, did we have a cybersecurity program? Absolutely not. I compare this uh, security researcher, or or rather, cybersecurity professional, whatever you want to call it, the shortage of of, of these people, similar to the engineering shortage that the world faced uh, several years ago. It took universities many years to actually build a curriculum and then another four years to, to bring that talent out. And if you're a large organization looking to hire cybersecurity staff, you're talking about hiring somebody with experience. Well, if there's no new graduates coming out of college, um, and, and you're basically poaching talent. And that's what I hear from these chief internet security officers that I talk to. <laughs> they're, they're just going back and forth with the same talent and, and you know, providing raises um, or, or higher compensation plans. So I think, unfortunately, because of the nature of the, of, the, of the problem, you're looking for somebody with some type of security experience, and that's very difficult to find unless you're poaching that talent from somebody else in that same position. So it's really an endless circle. And, and today is the day to be a cybersecurity professional. I mean, um, there's just, you know, great companies to join, great pay for, for the job. Um, but I think, ultimately, it comes down to, do they have any type of security experience? You know, managing a security platform or security program in, in, in an organization in the past, I think that's what I would look for if I were to hire somebody in, in my organization where we need, you know, a security professional. 
You make a good point there, Marson, is that there's no better time to enter the security profession. I feel like over the past few years, the security vendors, analysts, certainly the media have built this up as a place to go. There are opportunities there. I don't think we can promote this any better. Where are we falling short in bringing appropriate talent in to fill these positions that we have open? Yeah, I wish I knew the answer to that question or I could solve some some world problems here. I think a lot of the universities really do need to just sit down and put together a a curriculum for security. I just reached out to to my university and I said, let me help you do this. You know, and and they fully admit that security program at the University of Illinois is is short. They they don't have professors that have security experience. And and if they try to find one, another university is poaching that talent. It's very similar in the corporate world, you know, where, where you have a chief internet security officer that's being actively hunted for because they've got a ton of experience and can keep the organization safe. It really, it's not a matter of tools to keep an organization safe. That, that's a, that's a factor, but it's, it's the people. You, you need professionals or, or you need people that know what they're doing and, and can keep the data safe in the organization. Yeah, you go to the same events I do, whether it's RSA or, or DEF CON or Black Hat, and if you got a silver dollar, for every time that someone gets up on stage and says there are no silver bullets, you'd never need to start up another IT security company. Everyone says right. there are no silver bullets. So why do we put our trust in a single AV or endpoint protection solution? I think it's just what, what we were taught, right? And, and in 1995 or, or the year 2000, when you had this computer that you paid you know, thousands of dollars for, an antivirus solution was enough, and, and even today, when you when you talk to a lot of consumers, um, you know, if you talk to my mother, for example, she would tell you, well, maybe not my mother. I've conditioned her pretty well, but if you talk to her before I started the company, she would think antivirus is enough. And I think that's a little bit. You've got to learn that it's not right, and it takes a breach to to, to show you that it's not. A lot of these companies with their old ways are seeing. You know their antivirus solutions fail right in front of their in front of their eyes, and they they turn to an aggressive uh, expansion where they buy several tools, never deploy half of them, and get a little lost. So I think it really takes a good security leader to come into an organization, you know, understanding that antivirus is just not enough, or one single endpoint solution is is no longer enough. You need, you know, just like you have uh, several network solution, a firewall, uh, uh, an IDS, you need the same on the endpoint. And in the end, the endpoint is what's getting infected, right? And a, a firewall, an IDS solution, won't, you're not going to slap FireEye on your back and go to a coffee shop. The, the perimeter is falling apart. People are taking their laptops and going to coffee shops and working, and that laptop is the endpoint that gets infected. You should be putting all of your resources into that laptop, that endpoint, um, and subsequently that endpoint solution as what's going to need to fail to get infected. And that's, that's really what people need to start thinking about. So, Marcia, the definition of endpoint has changed considerably in the past several years. A few minutes ago, you mentioned the Internet of Things, and I think I know which side you're going to come down on this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What about IoT? Is it overhyped or is it underestimated? Yeah, I have a pretty radical, uh, a pretty radical opinion on, on security in general, but this specific topic, I think a lot of it is uh, still overhyped. So is my Nest thermostat looking to kill me today? Probably not. Right, and and if an attacker gained access to it, that's concerning. But 
data is not getting stolen. That's that's sensitive to me. You know, maybe the Wi-Fi password, and that's a bigger concern. But in general, I think Internet of Things is being a little bit overhyped. It's getting the same coverage as some of the breaches in the news that are definitely affecting people today. You know, my mother's car is is connected to the Internet. Am I going to tell her to stop driving it today? Absolutely not. Will I tell her, hey, you need to be careful about this site and that site and, and, you know, deploy some kind of security solution, Malwarebytes? Yeah, absolutely. You know, on one hand, you, you see Tesla getting hacked and in a proof of concept that, you know, they were able to, maybe Jeep as well, that they were able to slow the car down or stop it in Tesla's case um, at a very low speed. And then you look in the news a week before, and Yahoo was able to infect tens of millions of people because their advertising platform was breached. So which one is really top of mind? You know, yes, there's a huge concern around the weaponization of the Tesla hack or the Jeep hack, but you know, I think coming down to earth today, I, I still think that exploits and malvertising and visiting just a website like CNN and not having to click on anything to get infected—that's really the scary stuff for me. So really, it's not so much the news about the Jeep being hacked that concerns you as what happens on the news site that you're visiting when you're reading about that. Yeah, that's well said. I mean, I could, that's ironic, right? That I get infected reading that kind of, that kind of, uh, breach in the news and here's, here's this malvertising attack that has taken over my computer. Marcin, this space has changed so much since the time that you entered the field back in 2008. How would you say that Malwarebytes is most different today than when you launched the company? Well, I think, Malwarebytes is definitely different. We've, we've matured. We've hired a ton of staff that, uh, you know, we're very focused on R&D research and development. So we're spending the majority of our operating expenses on just keeping technology uh, evolving. But what's changed the most, I think, is the space. When we came on the scene, we said we are going to be a layer of secure endpoints. So if you've already got security solutions in your environment, that's great. We're going to work with every security solution under the sun. The perception of layered security back in 2008 was, okay, that's great. I just can't afford it. I don't need it. I've got, I've got my single antivirus and that's going to be great. I think that perception has changed dramatically. You know, we were a little bit ahead of our time providing layered security. Today, that is almost universally accepted as the only way to mitigate getting, getting infected. And, and more so, I, I consider remediation or the malware hunting, um, a, a, a layer as well because that's the layer that gets you cleaned up if, if something gets through, right? Um, and, and if you're not hunting for malware on your environment, it's, it's hunting for you. Marston, I appreciate your time and your insight today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. The topic has been proactive malware hunting. I've been talking with Marston Kluczynski. He's the CEO at Malwarebytes. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.